Well, good morning, and let's continue in worship. If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place in James chapter 1. And if you're a guest with us here today, I'm Pastor Mike, and we're honored to have you with us at First Baptist Church. And please let us know if there's any way that we can help you or be of assistance to you, as we've mentioned earlier. And God bless you these days. Uh, and I'm glad that you're with us here today. We're talking, if you have not been with us, we're talking these days about a very important topic. And today, James chapter 1 is where we'll begin and think about these important truths. So if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, here we are in this world. I'm talking not about uh, the world itself, the globe. I'm talking about a world system of unbelief, a system of antichrist thinking and values and practices that lead to lives of sinfulness and rebellion toward God. And all of us who are believers in Jesus Christ were at one time living as a part of that world system under the control of our, of our own fleshly desires and fall, falling into the traps and temptations that the devil has laid in this world. And the reality is that we still now have a very important purpose and role in this world. Paul said, and this is where we began, I'll just be quick here about this, Galatians chapter 6, Paul said, we are now... Uh, dead to the world, and the world is dead to us. But we are alive to God. We are a new creation. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we live a new way. Well, now we come to James chapter 1. We've been looking then at a number of very important verses, some highlights from various places in God's Word that help us understand how to live dead to the world. And I cannot repeat and review all of that. I hope that if you have not been with us, you'll look back at the information and you can see where we've been. Today we come to some very famous words in God's Word and we'll read in James chapter 1, but we're, we're going to begin reading in verse, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 21 and that'll help us to understand where we'll focus. Our focus will be in verse number 27. James writes these words to believers, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves, believers, prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does." Verse number 26, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, and yet he does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fellowship we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the joy of knowing Jesus. We pray that you might take your word now, open our minds and our hearts to the truth of your word, 
Forgive us of our sins. We put them aside. We confess them so that we might receive your word, so that it might find a place in our lives, so that we might be doers of your word, as James says. Holy Spirit of God, be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our focal truth today, what I'll be focusing on is this, and I'm taking you to the very last phrase of verse number 27. The very last phrase of verse number 27. This will be our focus and discussion today. There are many things we could talk about, but this will be what I want us to see today. James says that we are to keep ourselves unstained by the world. We are to keep ourselves as believers unstained by the world. So believers must live in purity in an impure world. Believers must live in purity in an impure world. So we have a, a very important real reality here. He's talking about living, we might read it another way, to keep oneself unspotted. This is that word. It is to be unstained is to be spotless or to be unspotted. Spotless. To live, one, to live and to keep oneself spotless from the world and by the world. Now, what has James been saying to help us with this? How do we get this in our minds, first of all? Well, quickly, just run your eye back over what I've read to you in James chapter 1. First of all, we have a responsibility. Uh, we have a responsibility here that James talks about, about how we hear God's Word. We must put aside, verse 21, all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. Before I can ever hear God's Word preached or taught, or I can, before I can receive God's Word as I read it on my own, I must put aside sin in my life. I must put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. That's part of the challenge we have when we live in this world. And so he goes on and says in verse 22, when you put that aside, then in humility, you receive the word implanted. We're here today to receive God's words. I'll do the best I can not to get in the way as the presenter. Uh, I've been appointed to do that now. Uh, but you must hear the words of God. And I'm, my desire is to make much of the words of God, uh, not uh, for you to be distracted by me. The idea is that as we hear God's word, we receive it humbly as it's implanted. You see, I'm sowing seeds. The word of God, I'm the sower of the seed of the word of God as I preach. I'm preaching these truths from God's Word. They're seeds, as the Lord Jesus described it, and they're landing in your minds. And your mind is in one of four conditions today. So we receive in humility the Word implanted, which is able to save us, but then He quickly says, prove yourself to be a doer of the Word. And then He spends all that time talking about, if you're just a hearer only and not a doer, you deceive yourself. But he comes in verse 25 and says, if we look carefully at the word of God, at the law of liberty, and we abide in it, if we stay in it, if we keep thinking about it, not becoming forgetful hearers, but effectual doers, we're blessed by what we do. And then he quickly comes to use a word which seems rather strange to us. He uses the word religion. Verse 26, if anyone thinks himself to be religious. Re the word religion here is simply the word to serve God, of service to God. So if you're here today and you believe that you are serving God, he says, if anyone thinks that he is serving God and yet does not bridle his tongue, 
but deceives his own heart, this man's service to God is worthless. But then he comes in verse 27 and says, he starts using some words about purity. Pure and undefiled service to God. This word undefiled is a word that means unsoiled. I didn't wear a soiled shirt in here today. I'm reporting. I hope you'll be glad to know. I did wear a clean shirt today. I've not come in here with a soiled shirt. So pure and undefiled, unsoiled service to God in the sight of God and our Father, two things. We are to visit orphans and widows in their distress. That's a very important topic, but not for today. And to keep oneself unstained or spotless from the world. You see here at the end of verse 27, we see that service to God ends in two very important things in the world. Here's, the way, well, here's what we do in the world. We visit those that are most vulnerable. We care for those who are ignored. We look out for those who have no one else to care for them. We, we love those who are the unlovely. We love those who are the forgotten ones, the orphans and the widows in their distress. That's one thing we do in the world. And we'll say more about that in the weeks ahead. Our ministry and our work in the world is just like that of the Lord Jesus. He went about doing good in a wicked and godless world that had rejected Him. That's what we must do as followers of Jesus. But I come today to talk about this very important principle. One that sometimes we read and move on to other things. But I'm going to bring you here in your mind. And I'm going to do my best to keep you focused with me for a few moments. Because now James says we have an obligation to keep ourselves unstained as believers from the world or by the world. So I have three observations that I want to make about this phrase today and talk with you about. Number one, every believer in this room, every believer listening to me online, God bless you for those. We know we have many who join us online. May the Lord bless you today. In whatever circumstances you are in, we love you and we thank God for you. Every believer must live in purity in this world of sinfulness. That's the first thing I want to speak about for a moment. The second thing I want you to see from these words about keeping oneself unstained by the world is this. That the world of sin stains the mind and the conscience. This is a very important thing that all of us in this room, as believers in Jesus Christ, must understand. The stain of sin. The stain of sin on the mind and on the conscience. And finally, we'll speak for a few moments about the wonderful Remedy. What is the remedy? What is, what is it that removes the stain of sin on the mind and conscience? Well, it is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and being saved. The stains of the world are washed clean through salvation in Jesus Christ by the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed on the cross for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's talk for a moment about this. Let's get into this subject of talking about something perhaps you've not considered, but it has a great impact on your spiritual life today. You see, for James to make this very statement, to keep oneself unstained by the world, means that it's possible, are you listening? That a believer can again be stained by the world because of sin that we commit in the world. This matter of sinful stain, the stain of sin, the stainfulness of our sinfulness 
is a very important thing. There are some in this room today who are being driven. You are driven to despair because in your mind there is the stain of sin that you cannot seem to ever remove from your mind. There is a stain on your conscience and it causes you to be hardened to the truths of God's Word. Oh, the stain of sin affects our minds and our conscience for a lifetime. But before we get to that, we must keep oneself, it says. Keep oneself. This is a duty you have as a believer. We talked earlier in this series as we were talking about being resistant to the world. We do an act of resistance every day according to Romans chapter 12. You're to resist the world and its ways and not be conformed to the world. What do you do? Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Present your body a living and holy sacrifice to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by renewing your mind. So every day, and then prove it by doing the will of God. Three steps, Romans 12. I ask you today, did you perform your first act of resistance to keep you out of the world? Did you get up this morning and present yourself to God, your body to God, for service to God? Are you ready today to glorify God in your body? Are you ready to use your body, not for sinful purposes, not for sinful things, but are you willing and ready today? You you got up this morning and said, Lord, you have saved me. Forgive me of my sins. Here is my body. Here I am. Here I am in all of my abilities you've given me, whatever, however you've made me. I'm ready to serve you. And you come to the Lord in holiness with your sins forgiven. Well, you see, that's what we must do. Every believer is responsible for our own life of purity. You cannot help me be pure. I cannot help you be pure. You have an obligation to keep oneself, keep yourself unstained by the world. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, But be like the Holy One that is God, be like the Holy One who called you, be holy in all of your behavior, what you say, what you think, what you desire, what you do with your hands, the places you go. The Lord Jesus said, blessed are those who are pure in heart. They shall see God. So this matter of purity is of great importance. Yes, we talk to our students about the importance of purity in their sexual relationships. We ought to talk about and remind all of the adults in this room about sexual purity because we live in a world where that's not a matter of importance. We, we need to think about purity in regard to our business affairs, whether we tell the truth, whether we cut corners, whether we run Uh, with those who are liars and thieves, whether we covet purity and avoiding covetousness and other things we could mention. Purity has has an effect on all that we do as followers of Jesus. And we are to keep ourselves unstained by the world because number two, the world will stain you. The world will stain you. I don't know if you know this or not, if you've thought about it much, but every person you know, friend, family, neighbor, who does not know Jesus Christ, did you know they live 
with the stain of sin on their mind and on their conscience. You say, Pastor Mike, where are you, where are you getting this from? Well, I want you to turn in your Bible and keep your place in James and go to the book of Titus for a moment. Titus chapter number one. Just go over back a few books and find the book of Titus. And I want you to find your place there because I want and, and keep your place in Titus also because I'll mention something else to you uh, as you see on the notes in just a moment from Titus 3.5. You see, Paul has something to say to us about the importance of understanding a pure mind and a stained, sinful, stained mind. In verse number 15, he gives us a principle that's true today in our world. To the pure, this is Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. What a wonderful thing to be pure in your mind. What a wonderful thing to have purity in your motives. What a wonderful thing to have purity in your actions. You're not, there's not a defilement or a godlessness or a sinfulness in it. You're pure in it. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled, by the way, this is the same word, the same Greek word we're looking at in James where it says unstained. It is the same word. It is now used for stain. Those who are stained and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their mind and their conscience are defiled. But the word is their mind and their conscience is stained. They profess to know God, but by their deeds, they deny him being detestable and disobedient and worthless of any good deed. That's what happens when the stain of sin comes into our mind. And you see, every one of us in this room, before you were saved, you lived. Your mind, your conscience was stained with sin. Oh, the stain of sin in our minds, it affects our memory. It stains our memory. It stains our thoughts and our thinking ability. It stains our desires and our will and the things we choose to do. All of our memories, all of our thoughts are defiled by sin. This is the way of the world. This is what happens when we live in the way of sin. It affects our minds. It, it affects our conscience, our, our emotions and our affections and our desires. You see, in your heart and mind, that's why Paul says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, as we live in the world and we listen to the world talk and the world gives their teachings and the world gives their ideas and the world shows us on their, on their various ways of media, all the ways that they think you should live, then all of those things are pushed in upon us. And if we're not careful, we we receive those things as truths for us as believers. And lo and behold, we will sin again and stain our minds. You must keep yourself pure in an impure world. You must keep yourself, you must keep yourself unstained in mind and conscience. This is so important because the Word of God teaches us that the stain of sin is deep. God said through Jeremiah, I'll just read this word to you. Jeremiah 2.22 says, Although you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, the stain of your iniquity is before me, declares the Lord. If I had a stain on my shirt about right here, if I had a stain, 
uh, you would have a hard time listening to me because the stain would be that distracting. You see, God sees the stain of sin in our lives. And this leads me to say one other thing. The stain of sin in the mind leads to the stain of sinful living. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said in Mark chapter 7. He says, that which proceeds out of the mouth defiles someone. The word defiled means stains them. What proceeds out of the mouth defiles. Listen, now from within, the Lord Jesus teaches us. From within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness as well as deceit sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. These are the stains of living. You see, you can see the stain of living on someone who has the stain of sin in their mind. They live a certain way, as Paul says here in Titus chapter 1. They profess to know God, but their deeds, they deny. There's a, they say, I love God, but the way they live shows that they are stained by the world and living just like the world. Paul said about the Corinthians, and we won't go there, but he said, I couldn't talk to you as spiritual people. I had to talk to you as fleshly people because you'd gone back. You've gone back to the flesh. What was Brother Steve saying? Don't go back. Don't be prone to wonder. Don't, don't go back to those things that we've been saved from. I want to make the point. Please hear me today. If you are here today as a follower of Jesus, you are either keeping yourself unstained from the world, or you've been stained again, and that's what's affecting your behavior, that's what's affecting your emotions, your desires, that's what leads you to despair and depression and discouragement. Oh, the stains of the world are real, and the stains on the mind and conscience can only be removed by the blood of Jesus Christ and salvation in His name. So let me get to that. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, He saved us. Now, what's Titus? He's, Paul's writing to Titus, the young preacher, reminding Titus and us of what God has done. Titus 3 5. He saved us. God has saved believers, not on the basis of our deeds, which we've done in righteousness. Please notice. But according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. This word to wash is the word to take a bath. It is a bath. It is the cleansing bath of your mind and your, your conscience. Listen, when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, some very dramatic, unseen spiritual things happened to you. One of them is this. Your mind, this is a glorious thing. Your mind and conscience stained by sin were washed clean. That's what it means to be a new creature in Christ. You don't think the way you used to think. You don't have those same uh, depraved feelings in your conscience of an evil conscience and, and a hardened conscience. No, you've been made alive in Jesus Christ and you don't even know it. You now have a new way of thinking. You have a new way of approaching things. Why would you go back? to the stainful old way of thinking that drove you to despair and to discouragement. The reason so many today live in such desperation and despair is because the stain of sin on the mind 
is not removable except by the power of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You must be saved, my friend, for your mind to be cleansed from the past. You say, Pastor Mike, I've done too much. You've never done too much beyond the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse us of our sins. When we're saved and born again, He cleanses us. I'll read you these two verses. They're wonderful words. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more the blood of Christ will cleanse, listen, your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This is what happens. There takes place when you're born again, a bath. Your mind gets a good, thorough washing in the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ through His death on the cross, when you get saved, it changes your mind. It affects your conscience. Hebrews 10, we draw near as believers to God with a sincere heart of assurance and faith, having our hearts, our minds sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know the baptistry over here. All of us who are followers of Jesus, we've been baptized as believers. Yes, it is our testimony of our commitment to follow Jesus all the rest of our life to renounce the world and to follow Jesus, but also the very act of being put in the water all the way under and to be washed. It is a picture of the washing that takes place in your life. You see, when you came to know Jesus Christ, you were made spotless. Your mind was washed. You are cleansed. John said it this way, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another who are believers in Christ. Listen, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our sin. Praise the Lord. Paul talked about those believers in Corinth who had lived in godlessness and wickedness and their lives uh, were, were stained with sin and all kinds of godless ways. But he says about them in 1 Corinthians 6, you were washed. I say to all of you who are my brothers and sisters in Christ, when you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you were washed. You were cleaned up. You were made new in Jesus Christ. You became one of His people, one of His cleansed ones, one of those who live in spotlessness in the world. We don't look like the world because we're not condemned and defiled like the world. We have now come to be God's people. That's another reason why the world doesn't like us. Because we are different, because we do not participate in those things that they do, and they do not appreciate it. So what do we remember today, and what do we do with these things that we've looked at from James chapter 1? Well, uh, again, let's go back to James 1 and this phrase. Here's what I want you to hear again. Keep yourself unstained by the world. Again, that means it's possible that as a believer, you might, you might experience the stain of the world again in your life. So what do we do? Well, number one, we consider ourselves dead to worldly sin. We consider ourselves dead to it. That's what Colossians 3.5 says. Consider the members of your earthly body dead to immorality. Look, you're not going to go for it anymore. The world feeds immorality. The world feeds sexual perversion. The world feeds godless 
immorality. That is the way of the world. It is it has been godless immorality from the beginning, generation after generation. This is the devil's way. This is the devil's trap to trap us by our flesh. As Paul said, the one sin we commit in our bodies is sexual immorality. You must live in purity in your sexual life. It's important. We consider the members of our body dead to immorality, dead to impurity, dead to passions, dead to evil desire, and dead to greed. You see, that's how we live in purity. I am dead to those things. I am a new person in Christ. I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm interested in following the Lord Jesus. And number two, salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ washes us clean. The stains of sin and the stains in our mind and our conscience are clean. Some of you continue, as I've said to you before, why do you continue to go back and trouble yourself with the things God has already forgotten. Why do you continue? Some of you are tortured in your mind with regret from some of your past life. I say to you today, if you're in Jesus Christ, you are forgiven and you are clean. Yes, there are consequences to our actions, but you are now a new person in Christ. You must think in a new way. You must think about yourself as a new creature in Christ, moving forward, following the Holy Spirit of God, renewing your mind. Why do you continue to think about the past sins of your life for which God has forgotten? It's important for you to learn to live in the fullness of joy in Jesus Christ and daily repentance and confession of our sin keeps us spotless. How do I keep spotless, Pastor Mike? Well, I have to, I have to take a bath of repentance and confession of sin every day. I have to take a bath of repentance and confession every day. James says, put away your filthiness. We know the, the famous verse is if you confess your sin. He is faithful and just to to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you. Cleanse you. Some of you should go home today and say, I've been cleansed in my mind. I'm not going to continue to think. I'm, I'm marking that off. I'm erasing that. Those wicked, godless ways of my past. Those ways that stained my life for so long. I'm under the blood of Jesus Christ. I am now clean. I am white as snow. Though your sins be as stained scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Uh, they, will be, they will be made like snow rather than redness of a stain. You see, this time of repentance, it's what we do. It's what we do in our lives. You cannot live in the world without being affected by the things of the world. The way we do it is we repent and confess our sin. We watch ourselves. We renew our minds around the Word of God. I cannot imagine how you can do your life in Jesus Christ if you do not read the Word of God. This is why we spend our time here talking about this and laboring over this point. This is how I become a doer of God's Word. I'm first a hearer. I hear it with humility. I accept it and say, boy, this is what I must do in my life to change. And then I go forward and follow the Lord. Daily time in God's word renews and cleanses my mind. 
Here's the way I take my spiritual bath. I confess my sins. I continue to live in a life of repentance. And I continue to stay in God's Word. My friends, some of you today, the most important thing you could begin to do in your life is read your Bible every day. Reading God's Word every day. Hearing God's Word. You can't depend on the preacher's words to be enough. You cannot depend on your Bible study teacher's words to be enough or someone you listen to on uh, your device, their words to be enough. You must take in. Daily intake in the Word of God is the way I clean up my mind. My mind is transformed by the truth of God. And finally, when I live by God's Word and obey God's Word, well, you know what it does? It keeps me and helps me avoid the stains of the world. I'm not going to do some of the things the world does anymore. I'm not going to think about what they think about. I'm not going to give my time to it. I'm going to choose to, as we'll talk about next week, separate myself in some very real ways from the world. This is how we keep ourselves unstained by the world. Some of you today have a stain and it's showing. Some of you have a stain of sin and it's showing. The stain of sin in your mind has led to stainful living. And now that stain is spread and there's defilement and you're unclean again. You need to clean yourself up. And the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ washes us white as snow. And the gospel of Jesus Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit and His Word keeps us clean and spotless in a world filled with stainful sin. To the praise of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, I remind you today, the Lord is at the door. The Lord Jesus is at the door. Come, Lord Jesus.